Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Psalm chapter 122, let's stand, shall we? I want to teach another lesson on I love my church, the place we gather. This is the third lesson, the place we gather. Amen. We're going to say this verse of scripture together, Psalm 122 and 1. Praise God. Psalm. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Say it again. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the church. We thank you, Lord, for MPC. God, we thank you for this month. We have celebrated 105 years, oh God, uh, of your blessings. We've been through some valleys and we've been through some victories. But God, you're still the Lord of this house. You're still the Lord of this church. Oh God, we give you praise today. Now would you bless us in this study. Help the word, oh God, to flow upon us. Let revelation hit us in Jesus' mighty name. We give you praise. Let everybody say amen. Lord bless you can be seated. You ever had anybody uh, come to you and start talking to you about what do you do on Sundays? I go to church. Sunday morning, I, I go to church. What do you do on Sunday nights? Well, we, we go to church. How about on the week? Uh, do you, Tuesday night, I go to church. Thursday night, I go to prayer meeting. And then if we have revival, we might go revival. You know, it, 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 there was a time when somebody asked you, what did you do for entertainment? I hope it still is the time, but what do you do for entertainment? I go to church. What do you do for excitement in your life? I go to church. Amen. There are those among us who are the sold out, crazy hungry, radical, fanatical, all-in, church-going crazies that just want to come into the house of the Lord, that want to be in the house of God because they've come to realize how important the gathering place is. There's not a hit-and-miss issue. There's not an in-and-out issue. That's not just, well, I, you know, I think I'm going to go uh, sometimes. But there are some folks that would rather go to church than to a five-star restaurant where they wear their, their, their fine tuxes and wrap white cloths over their arm and take their knife and rake off the crumbs from your plate. It's an interesting uh, thought that there are those that would rather go to church than go to the hospital. I never understood that one, but uh, I've heard people say, I'd rather be in the house of the Lord than the best hospital in the world. That's a, that's a no-brainer. And some folks would rather go to the church than go to work. I got one amen. Uh-huh. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Dylan. All right. Some folks would rather go to church than go hunting, fishing, shopping. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Some folks would rather go to church than go to Walmart. Woo. 
Now y'all getting spiritual all of a sudden. Where was that with work? I'd rather go to church than go to a ball game. I'd rather go to church than stay home and relax in front of the fire and the boob tube. Anybody remember what, what the boob tube was? Some of y'all don't remember that. That's, that's not the YouTube. Amen. So why do I need to go to church? What's the reason? It's a gathering place. It's where we come together, and we're going to talk about that. But how many know it's a commandment of the Lord? Hebrews 10 and 25 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see your day approaching. You know what the early church did? The Bible says they went from house to house and they were daily in the temple, daily in the temple and went from house to house. They didn't only have church in the temple. They had church at everybody's home. They went to each other's home and had church. Amen. That, that's, that's some radical I love my church business right there. I know you know a lot of my history, but I was raised in church. Church was a part of my life as long as I can remember. As a child, I was either in church or I was playing church. Let me say it again. I was either in church or I was playing church. Anybody here that's a little bit older know what it is to play church? Oh, come on. There's got to be a few more. If you didn't do it, y'all need to start doing it right now. I don't care if you're 45. You need... We had testimony service. We'd have singing. Somebody had to sing. Somebody had to preach. And somebody had to be the sinner. <laughs> Honest. We had... Kids and friends, it's your day to go pray at the altar. <laughs> Singing, playing, preaching, love, church. Amen. I believe there is a way that you can pass on a love for the house of God to your children. My mom and dad, never one time, never one time did I ever say, I ain't going to church. Number one, I was too wise. But number two, my parents made me love church. I've got plenty of switches at church. My mom used to carry the little, I don't, this is not my notes, but I'm just going to share it with you anyway. My mom used to carry a switch to church. And uh, she would catch those little little tiny boy legs and she could do this like this so fast, backwards and forwards until I, mm, I'd straighten up. My dad never, never had to take a switch, but he, he would many a time take my ear. Amen. I, I, you know, he would go, I knew what that meant. Shut up, be quiet, sit still. But they, 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 they put something inside of me that made me like going to church and love going to church. Sure, I love sports. I love ball. I love playing cowboys and Indians. 
I love playing army and I love playing all kinds of stuff that kids love to play. But I enjoyed being a part of church. I love music at church. I love preaching. Amen. There's two things that make me want to preach today. and That's good preaching and bad preaching. I love preaching. I love the shouting. I love being around God's people. Amen. I love it. How about you? If you don't have a love for the house of God, you're missing out on the blessing because everybody that walks through that door gets what they expect. If you come expecting something, you're going to get it. If you come expecting nothing, you're going to get it. It's what you believe and how you look at church. Amen. Uh, but tragically, there are those who do not see the love and the need to go to church. They would, they, they'll gather at Walmart gladly. They'll gather at a ball game gladly. They'll gather at work gladly. It's amazing how miraculous Mondays are. Y'all know what Miracle Monday is? Come see me after church. I'll explain it to you. But there are those today that can do everything else, but there's got to be something inside of it that says, I love the house of God. Amen. But what do I get out of the house of God? What is it that I find there in this gathering place? Let me share with you a psalm that depicts some things about this gathering place. The psalmist said in 46 and verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God. Somebody say the city of God. The holy place, the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, the heathen raged and the kingdoms were moved. And he uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolation he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease. The end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder and burneth the chariot in the fire be still and know that I am God I will be exalted among the heathen I will be exalted uh, uh, in the earth the Lord of hosts is with us the God of Jacob is our refuge wherever the presence of God is there's refuge Wherever the presence of God is, there is strength. There's a ready help in the time of need. Jerusalem or Zion is typified here as the house of God. It is called the city of God. The reason I love to come to the house of the Lord is because it's where God resides. It is in the midst of her that I will not be moved. It is in the house of God I find strength and stability. It is in the house of God I find the Holy 
heavenly presence of God. It is within his presence, at his house, at his city, at his tabernacle, that wars begin to cease, that bows are broken, that spears are sought. What is he saying? He said, the war that I have raging in my world, I can find it answered at the meeting place. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Zechariah 8 and 21 says, the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. Let us go speedily. Amen. Let us go speedily. Look, the attitude is, I go to church with rejoicing. I go to church with, with not just going to church. When he said, I was glad when they said unto me, he said, at the very invitation, at the very thought of being in the house of God, at the very thought of being in the house of the Lord, amen, there was a rejoicing that hit me. There was a gladness that hit me. I can't wait to get to the house of the Lord. What is God going to do there? What is God going to bless at that place? The word glad means with a merry heart and leaping for joy. Let us go to the house of the Lord. The attitude is gladness. The action is let us. You can have church all by yourself. John did on the Isle of Patmos. You can have church all by yourself, but there's something about when the congregation comes together and there is a convocation, a holy convocation, a holy gathering when we come together with each other and we begin to lift up our songs of praise and we begin to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness and we begin to praise his holy name. There is an atmosphere that is set for God to move. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us go to the house of the Lord. If you can't be here, we miss you. Amen. If there's something that causes you unable to be here, we miss you. But we want you to know, let us, it's not just about this is Pastor Gill's church and I need you here in the pew so I can preach to you. Oh no, that's not it at all. Let us come together and let us worship together. Let us sing together. Let us pray together. Let us rejoice together. Let us weep together. Let us mourn together. Let us read the word of God together. Let us preach together. Amen. Oh, I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go to the house of the Lord. It's the gathering place of God's people. Some people come for various reasons. Some people come to see others. Some come to criticize perhaps and some come because of various reasons. Amen. But I want to tell you, I thank the Lord for our church, that there are people that come to get a vision 
from God to see things from the kingdom perspective, not from my perspective, to see things not from my, my uh, condemnation nature, but rather to see it from the glory of God. So you, you, you come to church to get a vision. You come to church to get a new perspective. You come to church to get a new point of view that the world will not give you, that Hollywood cannot give you, that the media cannot give you, talk radio can't give you. Amen. It is a vision of heaven. It is a vision of the eternal. It is a vision of your future. It is my responsibility, I believe, by the word of God to seek the Lord to find out what his vision is for MPC as a body. But each of us need to have a drive to have a vision of him in our life. So with holy anticipation, we start waiting to see him show up in our midst. It's like uh, uh, driving down the road with a, a deer hunter. Anybody ever driven down the road with an avid deer hunter and see 35 deers before you, deer before you see one? Oh, did you see that? Look at that buck. What buck? And he had horns out to here. I don't see him. Vision and perspective at church is where you begin to have a holy anticipation about I'm going to be changed at church today. I am going to get something from the Lord. I don't care if it's one word. I'm going to get a word. If it's a sentence, I'll get a sentence. If it's a shout that or a touch from God that comes through my body, I'm going to get something. Amen. I want to go to the house of the Lord. When I am aware of that significant moment, when I am aware of that, that there is the possibility of an eternal moment in the house of God. Amen. When I'm aware that beyond the four walls, beyond the song, beyond the, 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 the tapestry of church, beyond those that are sitting with us. There could be a moment of transformation. May not be exactly the same every service, Brother Keith, but if I'll come expecting, I know that it's going to happen one way or another. I'm going to get a, a touch from God that's going to change my person. Anybody ever had your perspective changed in the house of the Lord? I never knew that. I never understood that about God. I never saw that about God. My faith has been increased. My joy has been increased because I came to the gathering place of God's people. Amen. Do you love the house? of the Lord. You're invested in the house of the Lord. Then you can be sure that you're going to be blessed at the gathering of God's people. There are moments in services that if we're not careful we could miss transformational moments they can happen in a song. They can even happen in somebody's testimony, happen in the preaching, happen in the choir, even happen in announcements, happen in the offering. Those who could, how many of you ever, ever thought of or heard it said that preaching is the most important moment in a service? In a lot of ways, that's absolutely true. But I believe there's one more beyond that for every person in it. The most important moment of a service 
is that transformational moment that God has planned for you. It may be at an altar. It may be in a moment of a song or whatever it may be. It may, it may come across in whatever way, but let, it, let your soul be sensitive. That's why you don't balance your checkbook at church. Cut your fingernails at church. That's why you don't you know, pass notes. And Oh, we don't do that. We text now, don't we? <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot where I was. Why is it so important? It's because there's a transformational moment that God's waiting to explode upon us and change us. That's why I want to be in the house of the Lord. I want to show you a scripture that bears this out. Isaiah chapter 6. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 6. Verse number 1. Either I'm working off a heart or it's just hot in here. In the year that King Uzziah died, I also, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, his train filled the temple. Okay. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah comes into the presence of the Lord through a vision. And above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved in the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the verse of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, see ye indeed, but perceive not. Isaiah, at this point in his life, was a relatively young man. He's in the beginning stages of his prophetic ministry. Some believe that Isaiah was even a member of the royal family, perhaps even a cousin to Uzziah the king. If he was, then he was well accustomed of walking into a palace and what that meant, of walking into a throne room and what that meant. He knew what it was to witness the splendor of wealth and a demonstration of power. But in the year that King Uzziah died, in the year that King Uzziah died, we find that he had an encounter or a vision with God. When you look at Uzziah, Uzziah early in his reign was known as the king who did right in the eyes of the Lord. He had a lengthy reign of some 52 years. He was considered an extremely successful king. 
The Bible says that he sought the the Lord in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as Uzziah sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. But like many before him, when he began to be prosperous and successful, his mind wandered from the Lord and his heart wandered from the Lord. Let's pick up a narrative in 2 Chronicles that tells the story. I think helps us understand a little bit more what Isaiah is seeing here. In, in, in 2 Chronicles 26 and 16, but when he was strong, speaking of Uzziah, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him and with fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men and they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It pertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priest, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense, go out of the sanctuary. Now here is Uzziah that he is now taking upon himself something that was not his to do. He took upon himself the authority to step in to burn incense. Look at verse 19. Then Uzziah was wroth. He was angry and he had a censer in his hand and he's burning incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, leprosy even rose up on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord and beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him. Behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out from thence. Yea, himself hastened also to go out because the Lord had smitten him. It was absolutely a... a, a illegal for a a leprous person to be in the house of the Lord. Iniquity was represented in his very forehead. Verse 21, Uzziah the king was a leper until the day of his death and dwelt in a several house being a leper for he was, look at this, he was cut off from the house of the Lord and Jothan the son, his son was over the king's house judging the people of the land. So here is a guy who was right before God until his spirit got prideful and he went in to offer up something in the house of the Lord that was that was not his to do and so God judged him and sent him away success and pride had arrived in a moment that caused Uzziah to have such a horrible issue Uzziah went to church but he transgressed against the Lord his worship was out of order he assumed authority that wasn't his This is one of the saddest passages in the narrative of Scripture. He was cut off from the house of the Lord. He was cut off from the house of the Lord. I don't know about you. I don't want to ever get myself in a situation where I put my my place in my heart like Uzziah and I put myself in a place where there's rebellion in my heart or or there is a spirit of of pride that gets into my heart and I've watched people that they've come and they're a part of a church and they're a part of things that are going on but pride lifts them up and they get offended or they get wounded or you know he's so offended that he's got the censor in his hand and, and he's being rebuked and all of a sudden the Lord says I judge you and you have to go forward It's a sad thing to be cut off from the house of the Lord. 
You see, Uzziah's debacle is burned indelibly on the mind of Isaiah as this young man goes back to the presence of God, worshiping at the temple, is going on in full swing. Smoke is rising from the brazen altar. Water is splashing over the labor as the preach is going on. But something happens to Isaiah. He gets taken from that moment at the temple and he sees the king of glory, the Lord of glory, high and lifted up and sitting on his throne and his train filled the temple. He went to the house of God and got a revelation of the Lord. Somebody say he got a vision. A vision is a mental picture of what could be or what should be, or what must be. Visions are what we must come to in our life. It bothers me beyond uh, 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 expression to see people that have yet to understand revelation and vision. You are missing so much if you're just going through the motion of church because there is a vision ready for you. Amen. There is something that God wants to show you like Isaiah. Have you ever been in the house of God and you saw the Lord lifted up like that? High and lifted up. It must be that we have a vision Acts chapter 2 and verse 46 says that, that that early church was with one accord in the temple. One accord, one vision, singleness of heart. Uh, they were in that place. The psalmist said in 27 and 4, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire at his temple. Amen. I want to see something at the house of God. I don't want it to just come here and just show up and go home. Amen. But Lord, give us that kind of passion and purpose and singleness of heart that says when we walk through this door at this gathering place, every one of us to a man, a woman, a boy and girl, every one of us have a single heartbeat and that says we want to see you. Lord, we want to see you. We want to see you high and lifted up. We want to see you as the king of this place. When you come to church, come with passion and vision, and God will show you who he is. I think about my dad. You ever been around my dad very much? You would have realized that he lived, ate, breathed, slept, and consumed about the things of God. He talked little. Uh, my mom would say to him, Fred, can't you talk about something else? My dad was consumed with the things of God. That might be just why he saw visions of angels. Might just be why he saw things, amen, that some of us have not seen. I don't know about you, but I want to see things in the glory of God's presence and his throne room that causes me to be changed. Amen. I want to talk to you about four things that he saw, that Isaiah saw. The first thing he said is, I saw the Lord. The first thing I saw, I saw the Lord. Amen. I realize we're building and I realize we got new things 
new digs coming up. We got new entranceway. But there ought to be something inside of us that says when we walk through the door, I'm glad to see you, but I really came to see him. I really came to see him. I came to see the one who is the king of my life. I came, I, I didn't come to praise you. I come to praise him. I didn't come to see what you're wearing. I come to see him. Amen. I'll talk to you. I'll fellowship with you. But I really came to see the Lord high and lifted up. When Uzziah died, when error died, when flesh died, when mistake died, when it's taken care of and gone off the scene, when an improper focus of flesh and will finally was put out of its misery, we find that that's when there was a vision of the king of glory sitting on the throne, high and lifted up. Amen. Thank the Lord that when you come to the house of God, number one, you could see the Lord. I want to see the Lord. I want to be around those that are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of more glory. Amen. I want to be in his presence. I want to see his power manifested in this place. You know, there's a lot of churches that gather and they want to have a good time, but they're not considering seeing the Lord. Let it not be said of you and I. But let's gather at this place, number one, to see the Lord. Then it's interesting, Isaiah 6 and 5 says, after he saw the Lord, then he said, woe is me. Somebody say, woe is me, for I'm done. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. But he had a heavenly vision. Then he had to have a personal vision. What good is seeing Jesus if you don't see you and what needs to be changed in us? <clears throat> Notice the scripture, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Behold, verse 2, now are we the sons of God, and doth not yet appear what it shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And, and I realize this passage is normally in the context viewed as the end time and seeing the Lord. But I want to tell you there is a spiritual application is that, amen, you cannot be like what you don't see. When you see him, then you've got to have a vision of yourself. When you see a vision of Jesus, there's got to be a passion that says, like, we can, we can throw shade on Thomas all we want to. But he said, I want to see him. Y'all saw him. 
I want to see him. I want to see him. I said, I want to see him. I want to see him. I want to see him. And today we don't see him with the naked eye, but we see him with the spiritual eye. We sense him with the, the heart and the inside. Amen. Peter saw him and went walking on the water. Amen. Saul of Tarsus saw him and got knocked off of his horse. There's an inward observation that must come that says, I see him, but now I see me. I see him, and I see me. I see me as being undone. I see me as being the one that is in despair and grief. I see me, Job said in 42 and 5, I've heard of thee with the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. When you see a vision of him, all of a sudden you are like the writer of of. Of, of, of amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Saved a wretch like me. First thing you ought to see when you come to the gathering place is the Lord. Second thing you ought to see is yourself and your need for him. The third thing is transformation. Somebody say Transformation. Isaiah saw the Lord. He saw himself. And Isaiah 6 and 6 says, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongues off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Not just enough that I see him. It's not just enough that I see myself and my woe and my need and my necessity. I need to see him touching me, changing me, transforming me. Is there anybody beside me like to go a little bit better, like to be a little bit better, want to have a little bit better prayer life, want to be having a little bit better walk with God? Amen. Well, if you could see him in the gathering place, then you could see yourself. Amen. But let's see ourselves changed. Has, has the Lord changed any? of us is any of us been changed a little bit in our life we're not what we used to be we don't act like we used to act because there's been a transformation in our world hallelujah so I see him I see myself but I'm also changed by the power of God change my thinking Lord at church change my concepts Lord at church let me see you that I can see me so that I can be changed to be more like you. Somebody say amen. amen. Isaiah had already acknowledged that he dwelt among the midst of a people of unclean lips. But listen to what the next thing is that he witnessed. Isaiah 6 and 8. Isaiah 6 and 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Saw the Lord, saw myself, had a transformational moment. Now I've got to be connected to the mission. I do something about it. Send me. It's an interesting phrase when he says, Send me. It's not just here I am. It is an interesting phrase that means look on me. 
not talented enough. I don't have the ability. I can't do this. I can't do that. But once you've been touched by a coal off the altar and it touches your lips, all of a sudden it changes you to say, here I am, send me. Anybody here, I'm getting to be really, really dated and, and spiritual at the same time. When I say the name Horseshack, what does it remind you of? Anybody? Horseshack. Welcome back, Cotter. That's a few spiritual folks. Remember, remember on that show, Horseshack, whenever he was going to ask, ask the teacher something, it was always, ooh, 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 Am I the only one that remembers that? You've got so many apostolic Pentecostals. Y'all are so pure. That's what comes to my mind when Isaiah says, Oh, 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 Lord, Lord, here I am. Oh, I've been touched by you. I've been changed by you. Here, 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 here. Use me. Send me. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I know what I was, and I know what I am. Would you send me? Would you send me? I live in a wicked world. I live in a world that is condemned. But, oh, Lord, would you send me? Anybody ever been in the house of the Lord and you left thinking, I need to go win a soul? That's why we come. Lord, if you bid me come to you, Peter said, I'll come. And all the Lord said was, come, come. You know what the Lord said to Isaiah when he says, send me? The Lord said, okay, get ready for Bible college. Okay. I want, you to, I want you to learn how to stand at attention. I want you to do all this kindness. No, he said, go. 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 We get a vision of the Lord. We see him. We see ourselves, And we're transformed. We better get a vision of the harvest. The harvest. Of the harvest. Jesus said in John chapter 4 and verse 34, John chapter 4 and verse 34, he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Then he looks at his disciple and he says, say not ye, there are yet four months, then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. In the book of Amos, it talks about summer fruit. You know what summer fruit is? Summer fruit is the stubborn fruit that won't let go, just hangs on. And you got to do something to get it off. We're living in the day, I believe, of summer fruit. Folks are just hanging on, hanging on. But oh, to be a harvester that says, I'll shake that tree, I'll pull it, whatever I've got to do. So because I see the harvest is ready now. Can I tell you that there are people in this town right now starving for what you and I have. Starving to know there's a hope. Starving to have a reason to live.
Starving to have a reason to save their marriage. Starving to have a reason to put down the, the crack pipe and put down the bottle and put down these things because they want to be free. Stand with me, please. Why you go to church? Somebody says that's what you do for fun. Y'all go to church more than anybody else. Y'all go to church. You know what? There's churches drying up and dying and having one service a week. Drying up and dying. Having one service a week. I pray to God that we never get to the place where it becomes a drudgery to get in the house of the Lord and our kids are oh, just so bad. And, and No, no, no. We want to have exciting things for them. Yes, 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 and we do. But I want there to be such a thing that draws us, regardless of our age, to the house of the Lord that says, I want to see him. I want to see him. I want to see him high and lifted up and his train fill the temple. So why do we gather together? Because we're going to see the Lord. We're going to see ourselves. We're going to transform, and we're going to get busy in the mission field. Thank the Lord for that. Would you just lift up your hands right now? Let's worship the King. If all you know to say is holy, Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. Hallelujah, holy, 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 holy Lord is your name. We magnify you. Help us to see you. Give us a revelation to every person, oh God, that doesn't have a revelation of you being the true and living one God, Lord Jesus. They don't have a revelation of Jesus, uh, the Christ, uh, the incarnate word of God made flesh. Let revelation come to us, oh Lord, I pray. I pray today for a revelation of the Holy Ghost uh, that they would see the baptism of the Holy Spirit as being for them like Cornelius did when he heard the word of the preacher. Oh Lord, I pray God today for a revelation, God, of, of, of discipleship and a revelation, God, of conviction, a revelation, God, of living out the life in mission. Jesus, help us to say, here am I. Send me. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.